Uh, I hate to see anybody getting pulled along on a string. And uh, I owe it to you. I owe it to myself to, to tell you what, what really went down, dude. What really went down. And I guess he didn't think, you know, 21 years later, somebody's going to be looking into all this. Same as I did. When this thing goes to court and trial, I have one shot and one opportunity to be not guilty or I go to prison in death row. Mm -hmm. that's, that's the reality of it. We have busted alibis. We have caught people in lies. This is just insane because everybody's pointing the finger at somebody else. You just don't hear every day walking in somebody's house, they're going to take the plastic out and pop somebody. So he could get the execution date pretty much any day? Yeah. There's no impediment. This is Cousins by Blood. Episode 31, Mark or Marty. Less than a week after the release of episode 29, the Pizza Man episode, I received this voicemail late one evening. Uh, yes, hello, my name is Mark, and uh, I'm calling to speak with uh, Matt. Uh, it's in regards to the Ivan Cantu case. Man, if you could, uh, please give me a call back at area code 214. I got some things I'd like to talk with you about, man, so... Whenever you can, please give me a call. That was who Ivan called Mark or Marty from the jailhouse tapes, the kid that was in the jail at the same time as Ivan, right after Ivan was arrested for the murders. This was the first time Ivan talked about him in episode eight. Hey, Mom. Did Penny tell you about uh, the Mark or Marty guy? Yeah, she mentioned something about that. Carlos, Carlos raised that kid, and he's, in, he's I talked to him yesterday here. Okay. He was actually standing right up front of my cell yesterday. He's like 18, and he was telling me he just got busted with the biggest drug deal ever. Then in episode 9, Mark or Marty was put into the shoe with Ivan. That's the special housing unit, where inmates are separated from the general inmate population. And Ivan had found out his last name. Um, it's either Mark or Marty. Mark or Marty. I have a lot of time to talk to him today. He's okay. Out. He, he's just now getting put into the shoe. He told me, mm -hmm. when I went by there, Mm-hmm. I said, what are you doing here? He goes, you need to call Carlos. Carlos wants to talk to you. And I'm like, yeah, right. Mm -hmm. Sure. He told me that he, he got in fights to come to the shoe to tell me to call Carlos. Mm -hmm. But Carlos told him that since I'm not out of the shoe, that's his way to get in the shoe. Well, Carlos sure controls a lot of people, Ivan. Well, yeah. And, uh... He's all behind us. I just know it in my heart. Ryan, in the Pizza Man episode, shared the same sentiment as Ivan about Carlos. Where's there smoke, there's fire. That's what I know. And there's a lot of smoke under his ass, and there always has been. And he's always got away with everything, dude. He's always been like this. So in order to get some, you know, to tie Carlos down, you're going to have somebody tell on him. And probably the only person that would have told on him would be that Amy chick, and she's dead now. I didn't know if Mark or Marty was going to be the one that would finally tell on Carlos. But I figured whatever Mark or Marty did want to talk about was going to be major. So even though it was already late that night that he left the voicemail, I called him back, but it went straight to his voicemail. 
I was worried that I had missed the only opportunity to obtain his information. More than a few times in this investigation, people have popped their head up for a moment, only to go back underground, and I could never get them back on the phone. To my relief, the next day, he called me back. And it just happened to be on November 4th, 2021. Exactly 21 years to the day that James and Amy Kitchen's bodies were found. And it did seem to be fitting for the bombshell he was about to drop. I don't, I don't even know where to, where to start with this, man. Uh, start from the beginning. Well, I, I'm, I, you actually mentioned me in your podcast. You were in jail about the same time that he got arrested yeah. for this whole deal. Yep. I'm, I'm, I'm the Mark or Marty from, uh, from the jailhouse tapes. Uh, I, I'm on the road a lot, man. And I, I, I really dove into the podcast, man. And, uh, it, it's, Dude, it's weighing heavy as hell on my heart, dude. I I, I want to tell you what our conversation really was in Collin County that day. Please do. So, man, huh, so what we were in was called the shoot called the special housing unit that it's abbreviated for the shoe uh who's held there is hard knocks who are who don't comply which was me and high profile cases ivan and uh in the shoe you're locked down just to give you a little backstory so so you kind of understand what 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 you know the the situation was while we were there you're there, you're locked in your cell 23 hours a day and you get to come out for one hour a day in the shoe. So I was on my, I was on my one hour out and uh, you don't get to do much. You get to walk around the day room. Uh, you're in complete shackles. So I, I was a, I was a bad actor. So I was in complete shackles and, and I'm, I'm walking around and I remember it, man. I remember it so well. Ivan was in cell number one, the first cell on the bottom floor. I'm in pod 1A, cell 1. Right by the staircase. I was on the top tier. And uh, I heard my name. Marty. Marty. Which freaked me out, Matt, because there's only a handful of people on planet Earth that call me Marty. So I turned around, and and there was old Ivan, man. And... uh, you know, it, it was a brief, real brief, quick exchange of uh, of words, man. But he he told me that he had a serious fucking problem. And I was like, dude, what do you what do you mean, man? What's up? And uh, of course, I told him what I was in there for. Uh, and he, he, he never told me that he was in there for murder. All right, and uh, he told me 
that him and James had a misunderstanding and he had to handle his business. And I didn't know what the hell he meant by that. The furthest thing from my mind was murder. The furthest thing. Second furthest thing was drugs. In my mind, I thought it meant, you know, business, like real, real business. You know what I mean? Like mortgage company, you know, something of that nature. Never, never in my wildest, in my wildest mind did, did murder come to come come to my mind and he told he asked me to call Carlos and get Carlos to help him get out there was no as he said in the in the jailhouse tapes that I was trying to tell him to call Carlos no 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 he asked me to call Carlos and help him get out and I told him I would now with that being said he also asked me to do something else. And, you know, he's my friend at this point. You know, I'm like, dude, no problem. What's up? He asked me if I had, I, I'm real young at this point, man. I'm real young. You know, he asked me if I had a friend on the outside that could go and pick something up for him. I was like, man, you know, probably what you got. He told me, and this is, Matt, this is not secondhand knowledge. This is not, I heard this from so-and-so and so-and-so told me this. No, this is this man looking me in the eyes through the glass door, the glass window on the door. He wanted me to have somebody go and pick up a gun and get rid of it. He didn't care if it was sold. He just needed it gone. And whoever did it could keep the money if they sold it. So I told him I would do that. No problem, dude, I'll take care of you. You know, I'm thinking, you know, I'm feeling important. I'm fixing to help a friend out. You know what I mean? So the next chance I get, which is probably maybe, if, you know, it's been so long, it might have been a day, might have been two days, I'm unsure. But I did make that call to Carlos from the jail. And I told him, dude, you never believe who I ran into, Ivan. He was like, do what? And I said, man, Ivan said he needs your help, needs you to get him out of here. That's when Carlos told me, he said, man, fuck that dude, he killed James. I'm not helping him with shit. And I was, I, I was, I was floored, completely floored. And the conversation shortly got cut off after that because it's a timed call thing. It tells you one minute remaining or whatever, and it, it cut off, if I remember correctly. So that was that, man. Uh, I ended up going back to my cell, and shortly thereafter, I ended up catching the chain to TDC. Catching the chain refers to the chain bus 
that hauls inmates from the jail to prison. And did you ever talk to Ivan anymore? Nope. Never, ne- never, never had the opportunity to because uh, it, the shoe is a big unit. It's a big wing. It's a pod. And down the middle of it is a piece of glass. Uh, one side is PC for people that can never go back into general population. And the other half is what was supposed to be for the hard knocks. Uh, I ended up getting moved into the, into the uh, PC section because I couldn't act right in population. Uh, I, I felt like I had something to prove, and I tried to fight anybody and everybody that looked at me wrong. Uh, it, it, it wasn't as Ivan said that Carlos had me get in all these fights to get to him to the shoe. It was none of that. It was on my own accord that I ended up in the shoe. And uh, they put me over there, and I, I was never, never able to ever make it to Ivan again. And I never talked to him again. Uh, and I mean, shortly after that, dude, like you wouldn't, I would, dude, it must've been a couple of days later. They don't tell you when you're catching the chain. You just catch the chain out in the middle of the night. You're gone to TDC. And there's no phone at that point in time. There was no phones in TDC. There was, you know, I just, you know, just forgot about it. It didn't, never came back up. That, Matt, that, Matt, is the true, true conversation between me and Ivan in Collin County Jail. Like I said, I've got nothing to prove to nobody. It, uh, it's off my chest. And, and, you know, as soon as I get off the phone with you, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to reach out to Anthony and Carlos, man, and I'm going to tell them because I haven't even told them that. So you never told Carlos and Anthony that back in the day, and you never told Carlos about the gun deal? No, no, never. I had to say, man, it was like three and a half, four years later. Don't hold me to that. Uh, I, I don't know the exact dates that I actually got out of TDC. And by that time, uh, the case and the trial and everything had already had already happened. So. It, it, ha- it hasn't been till here of lately that I've had all this time, man. I've listened to this podcast, dude, that I've I finally worked up the nerve, man, to call and tell you what, what really the real conversation that happened. I couldn't believe what I just heard. After all this time, a jailhouse confession surfaces, and Ivan did have knowledge of the gun, which he had been denying all along. Marty sounded very believable. Why would he lie? And if he is telling the truth, this pretty much settles it. But man, who would have thought, you know, 21 years to today, that I would be talking to you about the murders. Yeah, because actually, yeah, this is November 4th. This was the day that the bodies were found. Mm-hmm. It's just unreal, dude. It's like, it's like this is a movie, how all this went down. I don't know, I don't know what made Ivan do this. I don't know what, what they got crossed up on, what their misunderstanding was, that, you know, that called for this kind of action. 
I don't know, but it's just, wow, it's, it's, it's a lot, man. Well, and why do you think that you never told anybody until now about that conversation with Ivan? Uh, I didn't think it was important. I didn't think, man, like, you know, I mean, Matt, yeah, I was, I was a kid. I was worried about me. I was on my way to prison for the first time ever, the only time ever. You know, I just didn't think it was, I didn't think it was important. And, and listening, you know, listening to the podcast, dude, and, and hearing all this finger pointing and he said, she said, and no, it was like this. No, it wasn't like this hitmen from the valley and it's all just mind-blowing man and, and and that really is just what's propelled me to to tell you what the real conversation was about it's been it took it took a lot of nerve i had to build up a lot of nerve man to even get involved like this well i appreciate it mark because yeah i'm just trying to get to the truth and uh man like i mean it's it's really hard for me to even have this conversation, man. Like, I just, I battled, should I call, should I not call? Does it really even matter? Does it not matter? Well, it does matter because, you know, I've been saying, telling everybody else that, uh, you know, he didn't do it. I'm telling Making you what, man, if I was in Ivan's position, I would tell you that Jesus Christ of Nazareth did it. Anybody but me. But... You know, that's that, that, that's what he told me, straight up. And how did he say it again? He said that they had had a misunderstanding, and he had to handle his business. I mean, to me, that means, you know, he killed him. My mind kept racing. Thinking back on those jailhouse tapes, listening to Ivan plead his innocence over the phone. Having his mom and Aunt Penny run around town trying to chase down Dallas cowboy tickets. If Ivan really said that, it seems like there is a Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde duplicity to Ivan's psyche. It gave me chills. What the misunderstanding was, I don't know. I can't speak on that. I can't I can't speak on anything else other than what our conversation was about. And, and furthermore, man, Carlos and Anthony, dude, they are not what people are painting them to be, man. Like Carlos took me out of a of a situation that I was in as a young kid, 15, maybe even early as 14. He took me to raise as like his own kid, man. He put clothes on my back. He fed me. He put me in school, dropped me off, picked me up from school. I never, ever saw any drug dealing going on. I never moved drugs for Carlos and Anthony. None of that. I sold a little bit of acid and X to an undercover cop at a rave party and got in trouble. 
You know, there, there, there was no great big dope dealing going on and and all this shit, man, that, that's being portrayed that these guys were doing. It wasn't any of that going on, man. So, yeah, uh, that was that was what he was telling his mom is, I guess, you told him that you got busted for a, the biggest dope deal ever or something. Yeah, dude, outrageous. You're more than welcome to pull my criminal background report. I sold some acid and a hit of X to an undercover cop at a, at, at a raid party. And there is an arrest record for the delivery of LSD on Mark or Marty's background report. And you know, what, other, what other things that you've heard in the podcast don't jive with you as far as Ivan's story or somebody else's story? There's not a whole lot because, I mean, I liked, I liked Ivan. I liked the hell out of Ivan. He was a, in my book, he was a cool dude, man. I would have never, ever thought that he was capable of doing this. It just blows my mind, dude. And it still blows my mind today to hear the podcast. And everybody has all these different uh, ideas and opinions of what, of what they think life was like back then. The only thing that really doesn't sit well with me, man, is how everybody's thinking Carlos and Anthony were these big dope dealers and, I mean, for God's sakes, dude, Carlos is somewhere over in the island of, of Haiti doing missionary work with the Catholic Church. The, the whole portrayal of Carlos and Anthony is, 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 not, is not right. So Carlos is doing uh, missionary work now, or he, he wasn't yeah. past? Or? That's currently what he's doing, man, building stuff over in, in Haiti and in these islands and stuff, man, building churches and houses. Wow, that's, that's awesome. So uh, I've, I've got that off my chest, man. I'm, I'm glad that I've told you. I appreciate and, uh, it. And it just, dude, it's... I, I hate to see anybody getting pulled along on a string. Uh, I owe it to you. I owe it to myself. To, to tell you what, what really went down, dude. What really went down. And it just blows my mind that he's on there on that telephone call telling his mom a totally different version of this conversation. I guess he didn't think, you know, 21 years later, somebody's going to be looking into all this. Same as I did. But then I couldn't help wonder. And what day would that have been? Do you know uh, how long he had been arrested? No, no, man. Like I, I didn't, I didn't, I don't know what date that would have been. I tried to think. When did Ivan find out the gun had been found at Tawny's? And how did Ivan find out? I couldn't pull that information up in my brain. It never seemed important until now. But Mark or Marty figured this conversation would have taken place. It, it had to have been roughly around the time he was talking to uh, his mom or whoever on the, the jailhouse tapes. Well, I'm just wondering, date-wise, would he have already figured that the gun had been found by the police because the gun was, I mean, he didn't, he didn't tell me, he didn't tell me where the gun was or anything. We hadn't gotten to that point. He just said, I mean, I'm, sure, I'm sure I could figure it out. Uh, I'm sure I could pull my own record and see what date uh, I got shipped to TDC because it was just a couple of days before that. Yeah. But if you need me for anything else, man, feel free to reach out. Okay, I will, Mark. I appreciate it, buddy. Thank you, sir. All right, brother. Take care. It took me a few days to process, 
I've been telling that to Mark or Marty. It wasn't coming to grips with Ivan's guilt that was challenging. That's always loomed over this case. It was processing how Ivan could be so candid and careless with Mark or Marty, while being so duplicitous and meticulous with everyone else. This new information was hard to make sense of, but to me, Mark or Marty sounded believable. I wanted to get Greg's take on this one. You'll remember Greg was Ivan's grade school buddy, who's maintained communication with Ivan more than any other friend over the past 10 years. So I sent Greg the interview with Mark or Marty to listen to. Like me, Greg thought, The guy believes what he's, he's saying. I don't think there's a question at all as to what he believes or what, uh, what he doesn't believe. You know, we've talked about it a hundred times. You know, I, I don't know if Ivan's innocent or guilty or what. Um, after all these years, I'm still not sure what to believe, but you have to consider what he said. Uh, you know, he, whatever he said was said with, you know, a great amount of conviction. You know, he's clearly put some thought into this. But again, like you asked him, why after 20 years or 21 years or however long it's been, you know, is this the first time we're hearing about it? You know, if it's been weighing on you so hard, why why is this the first time? Maybe there hasn't been a need to tell anybody. Just, you know, he was convicted and, you know, justice was served. Um, so I don't know. I'm confused by it, I can tell you that. You know, I can't imagine that Ivan... Um, Ivan would have... Uh, confessed to this guy and nobody else that I have I have a real tough time with that one a real tough time with that one so I just I don't know I, I, I don't know what to think I'm, I'm not sure really what what my opinion is yet because it's so different from everything that we've heard Well, technically, Ivan's lawyer, after the fact, Ivan's he did lawyer that. said Ivan confessed to him. Right. So let's back up on that one for just a second. Thinking, yeah, Ivan's lawyer did say that he confessed, but this was after Ivan filed some complaint with the state bar about this guy being ineffective and all the things that happened at trial. So at that point then... Uh, the attorney-client privilege is, is gone. There, there is none of that. And Ivan claims he didn't confess to this guy. So, But now, on the record, there are two people that have said that Ivan confessed to them after the fact. We'll get back to the lawyer's statement about Ivan's confession to him in an upcoming episode. For right now... Let's focus on Mark or Marty's statement, because... Here's the thing, though. The gun was found, like, the next day. Right. And this is what really wasn't adding up for me. It makes no sense for Ivan to try to get Mark or Marty, to get someone else, 
on the outside to essentially get rid of a murder weapon that was already taken into evidence by the police. So I needed to find out the date that Marker Marty caught the chain from the Collin County Jail to the prison because he said Ivan confessed to him and told him about the gun a few days prior. And I needed to pinpoint when Ivan found out the gun was located at Tawny's and the cops had seized it. I actually asked Ivan about the gun the very first time I interviewed him. He answered, but quickly jumped to another topic. That's why I couldn't recall the specifics. And I'll share with you his answer shortly. But since his response was so brief, I wanted to pin him down on more details. So I wrote to Ivan asking him, when did he find out about the gun? And I let him know what Marker Marty told me. Since I already had his original response, I wanted to see, given this new information, if his story would shift around any. What initially seemed like a meaningless detail now became huge. A jailhouse confession hung in the balance. So this letter correspondence normally took about two weeks to get Ivan's response back through the mail. But in the meantime, I figured these jailhouse tapes should contain more of the story. I wanted to see if they ever talked about the gun, and I wanted to hear every time Ivan talked about Marker Marty and pin down the dates of that audio. There turned out to be no mention of the gun on the tapes, but Ivan brought up Marker Marty six times over the six hours of audio tapes. I also found another major conversation about Marker Marty that you haven't heard. It was inconsequential to include in episode eight or nine. But knowing what we know now, it's very interesting. Now I'm gonna play for you all six of the Marker Marty conversations to determine when this confession may have occurred. This was the very first conversation. Did Penny tell you about uh, the Marker Marty guy? Yeah, she mentioned something about that. Carlos, Carlos raised that kid, and he's, in, he's I talked to him yesterday here. You've heard this one. This was the first recorded call on Saturday, November 18th. So the gun had been found nine days prior to this call. According to Marker Marty's timeline, Ivan had not told him about the gun at this point because Marker Marty said when Ivan told him, he never got the chance to tell anybody or do anything about it because he caught the chain to the prison a few days after. I also made an open records request to the TDCJ, that's the Texas Department of Criminal Justice, to obtain Marker Marty's transfer date. But like hearing back via letter from Ivan, it can also take a while to hear back from open records. At this point, these tapes were the best estimate of a timeline I had to go on. And on these tapes, Ivan said Marker Marty was in there about a month after this call. So according to the timeline, this conversation with Ivan and his mom must have been before the confession took place. He was actually standing right up front of my cell yesterday. He's like 18 and he was telling me he just got busted with the, the biggest drug deal ever. Oh no. So if I knew what day he got busted, that would explain James's death. And that would really put Carlos in the driver's seat with him sending Marty to go do the deal. 
Here, Ivan was trying to point the finger at Carlos and Marty. Was this all a charade for his mom so that she wouldn't believe her son was capable of killing his own cousin? While at the same time, Ivan was plotting how to use Mark or Marty to help him get rid of the murder weapon. It is fascinating to consider all this, given the new subtext with these calls. Well, how did Carlos end up raising Mark? He used to date, he, used to, he was married to a girl named Yvonne. So Carlos raised Yvonne's little brother, which is the Mark or Marty kid. I see. But the kid's now 18, but he, he ran, he's always ran drugs for Carlos. But, but if I know what day he got busted, that would explain Carlos doing that to James. Waiting on the big deal to come in, Carlos and then Marty, and apparently something went wrong. Okay. Because Marty's here in jail. All right. Okay. I'll see what I can find out. All right. And Mark or Marty said that Ivan was making that whole part up. He never told Ivan he got busted with a big shipment. I've tried to think, if Ivan made that up, why would he? Perhaps to make it seem like this big shipment was a part of the larger conspiracy in James' murder. So yeah, call Carlos. Tell Carlos, hey, Ivan saw Mark or Marty in jail. What's his last name? Yeah. You want to know why he was here? Because if Carlos tries to tell you some bullshit story, speeding tickets or some shit, the kid told me himself, he's going to jail forever. Uh-huh. He got busted with the biggest shipment ever. But the only person he works for is Carlos and Anthony. All right. Two days later, Ivan brings him up again. And also, call Carlos and ask him what Marty's last name is and why he's in jail. Okay. Between, who knows? Carlos might get all explosive. He might be sweet. Who knows what? All right. But, do that today, too. Yeah. I've got my list of things to do. Ivan continually presses his mother and his Aunt Penny to call Carlos, which is interesting. Two days later, this is the third time Ivan brings up Mark or Marty. Did you ever talk to Carlos? No, I refuse to call up there. Okay. I don't want anything from Carlos. Well, that, that Mark or Marty kid being in jail is a big plus. Well, let Wynn handle it. I, I mean, okay. That's not for me to do. I'm not a detective. I'm a mom. I know. Okay. Well, I mean, if Wynn's not going to return your call, I'll just keep calling. So there, Ivan said Mark or Marty being in the jail is a big plus. Is that because he thought he would help him get rid of the gun? It doesn't sound like it. It sounded more like Ivan wanted Detective Wynn to question Mark or Marty. I'm guessing about Carlos. Trying to put Mark or Marty on Detective Wynn's radar, only to later essentially confess to Mark or Marty, doesn't add up. That's what makes this exchange between Ivan and his mom intriguing. This is the fourth time Ivan brings him up. This was on December 9th. Ivan's arrest and the gun were found about a month prior to this call. Again. Okay. Um, it's either Mark or Marty. Mark or Marty. You have a lot of time to talk to him today. Okay. He's just not getting put into the shoe. I did confirm with the jail. The shoe was located in cluster one pod A, Ivan's pod. So when Marker Marty was in the shoe, he could have walked up to Ivan's cell, just like he said. So according to Marker Marty's timeline, this would be the time period the confession could have taken place. What's he look like? He's about uh, probably about six foot, a little heavy, kind of looks like Carlos, but a white guy. Okay. 
But uh, he told me, mm -hmm. when I went by there, mm -hmm. I said, what are you doing here? He goes, you need to call Carlos. Carlos wants to talk to you. And I'm like, yeah, right. Mm -hmm. Sure. No, that's not. Yeah, I'm not calling Carlos. Carlos is doing everything to, but he, he told to me, point everything he told, to you. He told me that he, he got invited to come to the shoe to tell me to call Carlos. Mm -hmm. That Carlos told him that since I'm not out of the shoe, that's his way to get in the shoe. Well, he sure has a way of controlling people, doesn't he? Carlos? Mm-hmm. Yeah, the kid told me that, that he got in four or five so he could put in the shoe to tell me to call Carlos. Hmm. But Mark or Marty said Ivan lied about that. He said... He told... He asked me to call Carlos and get Carlos to help him get out. There was no, as he said in the, in the jailhouse tapes, that I was trying to tell him to call Carlos. No, 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 no. He asked me to call Carlos and help him get out. And I told him I would. It becomes increasingly fascinating to consider who is telling the truth here. But the conversation is always about Carlos. That just doesn't, uh, that doesn't make any uh, sense. Not, no, not, I'm not even calling that fool. No, you just stay away from no that. No way. Ivan does sound pretty believable that he feels that Carlos is out to get him. Well, Carlos sure controls a lot of people, Ivan. Well, yeah. Yeah, I can just, I, I can just have, I can see Carlos having his little recorder ready. Uh-huh. Painting into a corner. Uh, I'm not even calling that guy. And see, I even feel that he did that the, the two times that he tried to get information from me, which I didn't have any information on anyway. Yeah. There's something definitely wrong with him. Penny, remember how he told Penny, we'll have Sylvia call me? Mm-hmm. And then, I, you know, he's got 15? Right. So, I've never heard back from him. Yeah, well, see, the only reason he was probably doing that was so that you would call him. Mm-hmm. He was setting me up, I know. But maybe yeah. you would tell me that he's a good guy to call him, you know? No. No, I have nothing to say to him. No, no, not at no. all. He, his statement is, 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 what, is what got me here. Mm-hmm. The other crap that he did. Yeah. But the kid that's now in the shoe, the, the Marty or Mark guy, mm -hmm. he remember, he was the one that was yapping in the, in the, in the general population pod. I know, but okay. don't say anything. No. I just want you to discuss, you know, these things with your, with your attorney. Yeah. Because... You know, I, I feel like every conversation is recorded. I oh, they are? I'll yeah. So you discuss these things with your attorney? Okay. Okay. Yeah. So I'm not discussing anything that I don't want them, you know. I mean, I want them to know this. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, um, as me and Penny were visiting, um, I saw him come walking by, and I'm like, what do you, you know, I, I instantly dropped the phone to go ask him what his last name was. Mm-hmm. And he was on his way to the shoe. Mm-hmm. Carlos probably thought, since I'm not getting out of the shoe, he, you know, because apparently him and Marty talk. Mm -hmm. He obviously wanted this kid in the shoe to see what I'm doing. All of this could be a smokescreen from Ivan to take the light off himself. But if so... It's perplexing to think why he would have been so interested in keeping Mark or Marty on his mom's radar. This next audio is from December 11th, 2000, two days after the previous call. And this starts the new conversations 
that were not presented before in episodes eight or nine. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. And this starts the new conversations that were not presented before in episodes eight or nine. The recording begins mid-conversation and Sylvia's talking about Ivan's lawyer, Matt Geller. Well, you know, while he's there, I think he ought to talk to him. While he's there? uh, Mark or Matt, Marty, while he's there, I think he ought to talk to him if he can, yeah. Oh, no, I'm not talking to him no more. No, no, no. What are you talking about? Matt talking to Marty. Uh... I'll put it across to him. It's going to be his call. That's a good idea. Is that because by this point, Ivan had confessed to Mark or Marty and told him about the gun? This time period could line up. I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna leave it in his hands. Yeah. He needs to know that he's there. Oh, uh, don't even, don't even bring it up. I'll talk to him when he gets here. This mom, I'll tell you why. Okay. This kid acts like an idiot. Okay. But I mean, he's in here blabbing about all kinds of shit. Oh. He don't even want out of jail. He's proud. He wants to go serve his five to 99 years. Oh, my gosh. The kid is an absolute idiot. I don't even want to talk to him because the last thing I need is this fool being brought to my court mm-hmm. about stupid shit. Mm-hmm. You know? So I'd rather just avoid him. I got all the, I got all the crap I need to know. Yeah. Well, he's a loose cannon, Ivan, so... You know what he asked me? Mm-hmm. Why are you here? He knows damn well why I'm here. Mm-hmm. What he's wanting me to do is he's wanting me to start talking about my case and my shit mm-hmm. so that he can paint me into a corner. Or, or, or at least conversation with me so he can say all some kind of crap in my court probably. Who knows? Well, but I'm not even I, to him, you, know? you already know that you don't have any business talking to him, Ivan, and that's what your attorney told you. I know, but see, like I said, I've, only, I've asked him the things I want to know. Mm-hmm. But he's asking me questions that are... I know he knows the answers to, mm-hmm. and I'm just like, dude, I can't talk about it. That's good. You know, mm-hmm. but then, then that's, you know. That's and just leave it at that. Exactly. But no, I, I don't, because I don't ever want him, I don't, I don't want, no. I'm not going to talk to this kid no more about nothing. He knows, Car- he knows more about Carlos than anybody else does. That's why I'm anxious for Matt to talk to him. Again, Matt, Ivan's trial lawyer. If you want me not to mention that to, to Matt, then I won't. But uh, you really, I don't know how soon it is he's going to be there, but I, I really feel we need to let him know while, while this kid can be found. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's fine. Okay. He used to deliver them before he came to jail. Mm-hmm. And they all, they all grew up. Our loud. 
they all grew up over there, so, you know, uh, in Grand Prairie, so let Matt find out whatever he can. Yeah, that's fine. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. That's fine. We'll uh, tell Matt up front so yes. Hoxby's prepared. This is the sixth and final time Marker Marty was discussed. December 13th, 2000. Two days after the previous call. I just want, I can't stress to you enough, Ivan, that, you know, even if uh, uh, Mark is over there in that section over there, you're not to say anything to him. I know. Don't even talk to him. Okay. I realized that today with all the questions he was given, asking me. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay, well, just steer away from him, and if you want to find out something, you ask Matt. Right. You let Matt handle it. Right. But you are not well, to talk. Uh, What's Carlos's address? Hmm. Well, he lived there. What? He lived there. Yeah. Okay. But just say, you know, you know, uh, hope you're doing okay or whatever. Just keep it really general because you don't want to discuss anything with him. No, no, I don't. Okay. And that was uh, that was one of the things that uh, Matt made very, very clear in that letter, that you're not to talk about anything to anybody except to him. Okay. Okay. So you can talk about the weather. You can talk about how many holes in your shoelaces. But we don't talk about my. I don't talk about my. When somebody asks me anything about my case, right? So, you know, I'm not looking to talk about it. Yeah. If you talk to me about it. I'm not gonna talk. Yeah. Okay, that's good. You can ask me about the. I mean, I'm the. I'm the veteran. I got the alumni. Mm. You know, I see all these guys come and go. Yeah. Ivan's lawyer, Ivan's mom, and it sounds like Ivan are all on the same page. Don't talk to Mark or Marty or anyone else about the case. And it had crossed my mind, maybe Ivan's lawyer had talked to Mark or Marty and was told what Ivan said. And that's why Ivan's lawyer and Sylvia were trying to make it so clear for Ivan to shut up in there. But Mark or Marty said he never told anyone. And I've spoken to both of Ivan's trial lawyers and they never said anything about having knowledge that Ivan confessed to another inmate while in jail. So based on that sixth and final conversation between Ivan and his mom, it is just bizarre to think of Ivan confessing around this point in the timeline. Here's one more recorded call that fits in with this theme. This is Ivan talking about another inmate in the jail. Uh, buddy always wants to talk to me about shit, but mm -hmm. I'm not an idiot. Mm -hmm. I mean, for, I mean, he did this in the way he asked me questions. Just, they concerns me. Mm -hmm. I mean, of course, I just, I don't want to talk about it. I can't talk about it. Or, yeah. You know, I, just, I would just keep, you know, your guard up at all times. Just, yeah. you know, keep your generalities and your pleasantries, and that's about it. Yeah, maybe I'm jumping the gun, but I mean, I'd yeah. be more cautious than not, you know? I agree. So. I agree. That was about two weeks after Ivan had been in Collin County. And according to the timeline, about two weeks before, Mark or Marty said Ivan told him, he told me that he had a serious fucking problem. He told me that him and James had a misunderstanding and he had to handle his business. He told me he wanted me to have somebody go and pick up a gun and get rid of it. So did Ivan confess to Mark or Marty? After listening to these tapes... Ivan sounds cognizant and cautious, so it is hard to imagine him confessing. But if he did, 
you would think the only reason he would have was because Ivan wanted that murder weapon gone. And he was willing to roll the dice with Mark or Marty. But if he knew the police already had the gun, then asking someone to help him get rid of a gun and exposing his guilt to another inmate just doesn't make any sense. So let's find out when Ivan says he found out about the gun. Shortly after reviewing all the jailhouse tapes again, I received Ivan's letter and response to that question. A gun had been found at Tawny's apartment. Sometime between November 9th and November 14th, 2000, my mom and Penny became aware of the situation. This occurred because one of the first people that Tawny called was Eric, and he informed my mom. Eric, Ivan's brother. Everyone thought it was best to call the police, and Detective Wynn arranged to visit Tawny's apartment on November 9th, 2000. Matt, either through the media or my mom and Penny, I found out that a gun had been recovered from Tawny's apartment. While at the Dallas County Jail, also known as Lou Sterrett, sometime between November 10th through November 13th, attorney Al Mendez came to visit me. He explained that he was hired by my mom to assist with the case. During our conversation, which occurred late in the afternoon, he explained that the items were recovered from Tawny's apartment. Mr. Mendez asked me if I had any attachment to the gun and if I knew anything about it. I told him no. He said for me to be patient and that he was going to look into everything. Shortly after that conversation, the Dallas County Jail released me and Collin County was there to detain me. So Ivan was in Dallas County Jail for about a week before getting transferred to the Collin County Jail. Ivan's mom didn't start recording the calls until Ivan got to Collin County. On November 14, 2000, I was booked into the Collin County Jail for capital murder. During the same week, my mom and Penny were able to visit me at the jail. My mom asked me if I had anything to do with a gun, and I told her no. I got to the shoe on November 14, 2000, and after a couple of weeks, Mark showed up. Both of his claims are total BS. As I said, Ivan also answered this question back in 2019 during my first interview with him. Back then, Ivan told me that he thought he found out through the news while he was in the Dallas County Jail. So back then, before ever knowing about this Mark or Marty situation, he did predate knowledge of the gun prior to even getting to Collin County Jail or bumping into Mark or Marty. If Ivan's own brother found the gun with Tawny a day after his arrest, with everyone else knowing about the gun, it is hard to believe that Ivan wouldn't have known within a week or so, which would be before he ever saw Mark or Marty in the shoe. You'll remember Mark or Marty also said, and I'm, I'm walking around and I remember it, man. I remember it so well. Ivan was in cell number one, the first cell on the bottom floor. Well, Ivan let me know he was only in cell number one at the beginning of his incarceration while he was in the jail awaiting trial. After a bit of time, he was transferred to cell GG. That was on the second floor. Through open records with the Collin County Jail, I was able to ascertain that transfer date. 
Ivan was in cell number one from November 14th until December 22nd. That's when he was moved to cell GG. And this is where it gets real interesting. I also got the date that Mark or Marty got transferred to the prison. Because as he said, Ivan would have confessed to him a few days before he caught the chain. Well, Mark or Marty got transferred to the prison on June 28th, 2001. There was about a six-month gap between when Ivan was in cell one and Mark or Marty caught the chain. So if Ivan confessed to him and told him about the gun, Mark or Marty would have had the information for six months and according to him, didn't tell anyone. I do find it odd that Mark or Marty would have had that information so long and never brought it up to Carlos. And what makes the confession even more perplexing is when you throw in the Carlos connection. Why would Ivan feed that information to Mark or Marty, a guy that was in constant communication with Carlos? That would essentially be like confessing to Carlos and signing his own death warrant. Think about it. Ivan knew Carlos was already in communication with Detective Wynn. Detective Wynn was at Carlos's house on November 6th, listening in on Ivan while on speakerphone. So confessing to Mark or Marty could easily get back to Carlos and just as easily get back to Detective Wynn. Not to mention the whole time Ivan was pleading with his mom to call Carlos. Well, if Mark or Marty could have tipped off Carlos about the confession, why would Ivan want to put his mom in touch with Carlos? These things just don't add up. What Mark or Marty told me certainly may have happened, but nothing about this confession makes sense. So I had to ask myself, if Mark or Marty made this up, why would he? Why would he call me out of the blue? And the only reason I could come up with would be that this call came right after the Pizza Man episode. And Ryan said, I'm telling you from, from the bottom of my heart, on everything that I love, Carlos is a bad motherfucker to If anybody could mastermind this, it would be Carlos. And get it to go like it did, it would be Carlos. It always has been Carlos. Ryan really put the heat on Carlos. So I have wondered, could Mark or Marty have cooked up that story for Carlos to put the heat back on Ivan? That is only speculation. And that being said, I'm not sure even if Mark or Marty wanted to make that up, he could have delivered it so convincingly. We have so many conflicting stories. In one, Carlos is doing missionary work. In another, he's the mastermind. In one story, Ivan was just in the wrong place at the wrong time. And in another, he had to handle his business. It is hard to know who or what to believe. When Mark or Marty called me on November 4th, my initial reaction was that settles it. Ivan slipped up and made a jailhouse confession. But after putting together the timeline, 
it just doesn't seem realistic for Ivan to have been in the dark about the gun for weeks when his own brother found it with Tawny within hours after his arrest. The cops had it in a day. So it makes zero sense for Ivan to open himself up like that and ask Mark or Marty to help him get rid of a gun that Ivan would have known had already been confiscated by the police. So I just don't know what to make of this. For a case that's already mind-boggling, this only adds to the intrigue. And after the dust settles on this one, the question remains, did Ivan have knowledge about the gun, like Mark or Marty said? Well, there's one guy that should know. It was time to go back to Gambino with a second round of questioning. Did you know uh, a guy named Aubrey Patton? He lived on Cobbler's Lane. You know, some of the names, you know, when, when you're sitting down bullshitting over having a beer or something, a lot of things are said, but how, when do you know what, what's really realistic and what's not exaggerated, you know what I mean? I, I yeah, need to tell you this, okay? I don't think Ivan's telling you the whole story. Next time on Cousins by Blood. the final episodes and I know there are people out there with more information about this case now is the time to let me know you can call me at 469-382-2004 or email me at cousinsbybloodpodcast at gmail.com follow us on social media and check out the website for all pictures case information and trial transcripts at CousinsByBloodPodcast.com. Ivan's Letters, read by Ryan Freed. Mixing and mastering by Jody Abbott. Thank you for listening, and stay tuned. Stay tuned.